Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. We're working on providing more services, more support uh, to our agents, and it's really about hiring the right people to stay in front of them. What, what we noticed over the last couple of years is a month after COVID, you know, we shot out like a rocket. Um, luckily, we went against the grain and instead of cutting back or laying people off, we immediately started hiring because we saw a unique opportunity to, to bring on new talent that we needed. So we were pretty well positioned staffing wise. But just scaling our business, you mentioned our growth and, you know, just operating the business without sacrificing anything to the agents became more of a priority than capture. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. Before we begin, here's a word from our sponsor. Building a business is a lot like building a house. It's important to have a strong foundation. If you're a real estate agent, that includes partnering with an independent mortgage broker. Someone in your area who can shop multiple lenders and provide your buyers with faster closings, lower wholesale rates, and lower monthly payments. Find your local mortgage partner today at findamortgagebroker.com. Powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 3308. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Nathan Klutznik, CEO, and Jonathan Lickstein, Managing Broker for Location Real Estate in Pompano Beach, Florida. The brokerage is ranked number 47 by transaction sides and number 77 by sales volume in the 2022 Real Trends 500 rankings. So welcome. Thank you, Tracy. And uh, we really appreciate you having us here this morning to talk with you guys and want to congratulate both you and Steve on the continued uh, growth and success of Real Trends. Thank you. We we appreciate it. And I want to talk a little bit about your growth because I know over the past um, four years, your sides, your transaction sides have grown 162% and your volume has grown 326% over the last four years. You're also the number 23 largest in, um, independent brokerage in the Real Trends 500. So let's talk a little bit about the evolution of the brokerage, your business model, and a little bit about your growth. Um, Nathan, do you want to start with that? Sure. Well, you know, first off, our our model relies heavily on recruiting. Um, Of course, what we've learned is our new relationships with our agents ultimately lead to various other opportunities to expand our business. So that said, equally as important as recruiting is agent retention and managing the relationships with our agents. So we do that primarily through our centralized support team. Um, They're available to assist agents regardless of location, from anything from managing their technology, um, contract questions, transactional items, training, marketing, et cetera. So it's really about uh, recruiting agents and retention through support. 
And so would you, I, I know a lot of brokers don't like this term, but would you consider, are you a transaction fee or low fee, low cost brokerage model? Yes, we're a flat fee uh, transaction okay. model. Okay. Um, and so let's talk about your growth. Have you, you're not in just Florida. So tell me where you are, where you're located, how many offices, how many agents you have. And do you have more of a virtual model or are you um, actual office? We have somewhat of a hybrid model. So we're our corporate office is based in Papano Beach, Florida. Uh, we're members of somewhere around 20 of the realtor associations in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a diverse group of agents spread throughout the entire state. And we're also um, open in Colorado and Georgia. Okay. So you know, we like to say we're somewhat of a hybrid model. We mm-hmm. do like to operate from one centralized location for scalability reasons and, and unified support. And we find it's more efficient for our agents, but we are, we're those three states. Okay. And I'm going to throw this question at you. I know it wasn't on the original list, but I know that you have a pretty unique tech stack. So I'm not sure who wants to talk about that, Jonathan or Nathan, but I think that has a lot to do with um, your hybrid model and the ability to grow. So if you want to tell yeah, me a little bit about that. I'd be, I'd be happy to speak to that. So the idea of the hybrid is agents need somebody local to be able to go to, a local experience broker to guide or advise them throughout their journey in real estate, whether they're a newly licensed agent or a team with over 10 agents. But the tech services, the applications that we equip them with to then apply to their business really just helps from the front end, the back end, the nurturing period in between to give their clients a transparent, informative, and streamlined experience. Uh, we, we do develop tech our, of our own with our in-house development team. However, what we've really done is taken our back end that allows you to access from any type of device, mobile, tablet, laptop, PC, desktop, computer, et cetera, uh, to manage their business, office communications, we call it the sphere and it's in the palm of your hand. And um, what specific programs do you use um, to for your in your tech stack? So the concept of the outreach is to kind of have a hub or a, a web experience where you've got everything in a centralized source. And we primarily work with through KV Core from inside real estate for that. And that services as the business management center for the agent. The agent can then do infinite numbers of outreach from Google pay-per-click, social media advertising, promotion, paid promotions, et cetera, automated feeds to keep the outreach in front of their customers, text, email, social media side, and have them all coming back into one source where the system can be programmed to nurture those customers, stay in front of them, et cetera. And it's something we're looking to evolve further through a uh, pilot partnership with Real Scout now. Okay, great. And I know with a lot of the flat fee brokerages, the the reputation in the past has always been, oh, they don't offer anything for the agents. But there's a whole new brand, um, I feel, of flat fee brokerages that are offering a lot of different services. And I know that you have mortgage title insurance. So talk to me about them. It looked like your title company was company owned, um, but tell me a little bit about what type of agreements you have and whether. you know, in those services that you offer to your agents. Nate, before you jump into that, can I interject for one second? So the the idea and the stigma behind 100% or flat fee brokerages is that you get nothing. You get 100% because you're not receiving anything back. And we work really hard to dispel that myth that we have an old saying here, sacrifice nothing, earn everything. 
you should expect to get the same level or better support from the broker and support team here while still not having to pay them the large commission splits that you may have to with a retail brokerage. So that tying in with all of the additional services in one location has really uh, been a hallmark to our success. Uh, Nate, I'll let you answer the rest of that question. Yeah, one, one of the most rewarding aspects of our model and what we've been able to put together here is when a new agent joins or a team from another leading company in, in our market and they have that aha moment and realize how much uh, support they've been lacking and how much more opportunity we're able to provide. And it, it just really is rewarding to talk the talk and walk the walk. But back to some of our tech, in addition to, you know, KV Corn, our tech stacks, a lot of the things that we pride ourselves on is the proprietary tech that we built ourselves. And it's the little things, staying in tune with the agent and what they actually need and giving them the tools to streamline their business and be more effective when they're out in the field. Little things, you know, as simple as being able to submit an escrow deposit in a secure manner in front of their uh, client while they're in a showing, writing an offer from their mobile device, and they're able to submit for support if they have a, a question that they need answered with our support team, submit an escrow deposit in the field if they need to submit an escrow deposit, just little things like that really separate us and, and the agents enjoy those tools. But to answer your question, yes, the, uh, we do own our title company. Um, it's, we feel it's allowed us to kind of take control over a huge variable that a lot of agents or obstacles that agents uh, encounter throughout a transaction. And it simply allows us the opportunity to give our agents a, a next level um, support and communication um, that, that many firms uh, aren't able to provide at this time. So it's really been a key factor in retention, profitability, and agent support for us. Okay, tell me about your mortgage and insurance as well. Do you have a JV or how are you working with mortgage? Uh, we're a small partner in our in a mortgage uh, firm that's okay. localized here. Insurance, we have a JV and uh, we're working on increasing those capture rates and just providing service. Anyone that we partner with is someone who's an industry leader and can provide service to our agents first and clients. So this is having a vetted solution for agents, giving them direction. A company that's already been gone through, that's been reviewed, has been tested or battle tested through the brokerage, operating on the same value, the same commitment to service. So agents can feel confident knowing that we're endorsing that company as being an additional option and knowing they're in good hands for their consumers. I think that with capture rates and that it's so difficult with independent contractors to you know, because you have RESPA, you have a lot of different barriers to, you can't force them to use the services. What are, you know, tell me a little bit about your capture rates on, on your mortgage and title specifically, obviously titles usually higher, but how, and what are you doing to really let the agents know that you have these services available? So uh, Jonathan, I'll go ahead and tackle that. So, so with title, um, our goal is a 40% capture rate on our buy sides. Um, in the last couple of years, we've experienced around a 24 to 25% capture rate. Mm -hmm. um, we're working on providing more services, more support uh, to our agents. And it's really about hiring the right people to stay in front of them. What, what we noticed over the last couple of years is, you know, a month after COVID, you know, we shot out like a rocket. 
Um, luckily, we went against the grain and instead of cutting back or laying people off, we immediately started hiring because we saw a unique opportunity to, to bring on new talent um, that, we, that we needed. So we were pretty well positioned staffing wise. But just scaling our business, you mentioned our growth and, you know, just operating the business without sacrificing anything to the agents became more of a priority than capture. You know, we were capturing enough with our growth, Um, but we're hovering around that 25% mark now. And we feel like continuing to invest in the right people um, is really what will help with both title and mortgage because we already have the best technology available. We already have the most transparent communication systems and everything put in place. And the only thing we're lacking, especially with mortgage, is, is the relationships. You know, mortgage is just so fragmented and there's a lot of competition. And agents want to use someone they know that they're confident in. And what we found is there's, you know, they really won't go with just a larger service that will streamline the experience. Um, there, it's still very much so relationship based. So without those relationships, there will be less of a capture rate. Yeah, definitely. And the question I get a lot from traditional brokers is one of their biggest challenges, according to our broker poll survey that we do that Real Trends does every quarter, is competing with the flat fee or low fee brokerages, and they don't understand how you're able to offer the services that you do. Do you did you have any um, venture capital or or any um, funding. You know, it's so funny. It's so funny you bring that up because we often say we don't understand how their model works either. But um, all I can say is when I when I started this business and Jonathan came on soon thereafter, everything we did, you know, was was through the lens of I have bills to pay. So we we looked at the numbers. We've never raised any venture capital, and we've never taken on any debt. Uh, we put a lot of sweat equity and grit into this business, but we had bills to pay. We both had young children, and we just looked at it through that lens. And we didn't start off with some insane lofty goal that we need to be a $3 billion company and raise you know, $600 million each year until we get there, anything like that. We just did it piece by piece and focused on the people we surrounded ourselves with and providing real service for the agents. We were both realtors. Um, at one point, and we know what the agent experience is like, and we truly set out to build a better experience for them. And we learned that if they can earn a better living, we will retain them easier, it will create more opportunity. And when you're gritty, you can negotiate better deals uh, with a lot of these service providers that our competition simply can't. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of the agents, um, Jonathan, tell me a little bit about your your agent productivity and, and what you're really doing to, because that kind of ties into retention as well. Um, you know, and obviously with margin compression, there are a lot of different factors. You, you want your agents to be more productive, but you also have core services that you're able to, to rely on some. Um, so tell me about your agent productivity. What are you doing to, to boost that? Uh, my pleasure. I'd be happy to address that. So it, it comes down to being focused on every agent's a little bit different, right? The market is always shifting. It's important for an agent not to sit there and be complacent with current circumstances just because they're coming off a record year. It doesn't mean it's going to carry through and carry forward. It's keeping the agents engaged with some of our training communications uh, become a vital piece. But let's look ahead. Things aren't going to be easy in other market conditions. You've had a great year, but that just doesn't automatically transition. So we're seeing, starting to see that market change happen right now in certain marketplaces. 
but obviously there's some that aren't aren't subject to that. But to stay evolving, we try and give across that mindset in constant FaceTime with agents, taking that 80-20 concept. Uh, work on your business, what you have in front of you 80% of the time, and plan and innovate, bring in new ideas, new applications for the future with that rest of that 20% of your time. You must be proactive in this industry. If you sit back and just react to what comes at you, it's not going to be a very long sustaining business for you. So putting a major focus on supporting agents and agents working with each other and collaborating and in this 100% atmosphere, this environment we have, collaboration is, is very easy for agents. There's so much out there for them to keep for themselves that sharing it with someone else puts them even further ahead of the game. So as to what we actually actually are offering to agents day to day, uh, there's we always have a calendar of training events. Agents can attend live or recorded, whatever we're doing over the last six months. Um, and we use real world application classes, many methods of interfacing with our staff, our brokers. If you have an issue, you have a question, you need some goal planning, a business plan, we'll sit down and do that. And because of our centralized approach, we can take that through a video chat, a phone call, or even still in that hybrid model coming into the office and, and keep pushing them forward. Um, I think one of the best things we did, Nathan, you'll probably agree with this, is over the last year, we started this rolling open Zoom support where any agent at any time can open up a device and go face-to-face video chat with one of our support staff throughout the business day. Um, No need to wait, don't have to drive to your office, don't have to text or pick up the phone, just log in and have a conversation one-on-one. You can log in directly through our sphere and you can choose to text, set an appointment, uh, face-to-face, whatever your, your, your means of support that you desire or need at that, at that moment. And, and that's, that's getting back to, you know, developing tech that actually works for the agent in the field um, in the midst of a transaction. That's what we focus on. Yeah, I think that is so important, that on-demand um, availability, because technology, um, you know, it really, most brokers, to differentiate yourself with tech, isn't going to be as easy moving forward as more brokerages take on the same type of tech stack and and that same type of, but that on demand and that just availability and relationships are so important um, to the agents. So I I love that. I think that's um, a great service that you're offering. People always talk about, you know, developing tech and Mm -hmm. they rarely talk about little simple things that they can utilize technology for that actually make an agent's life or a client's life a little easier. So it may sound less grandiose. And while we have larger tech ambitions and are actually working on a very exciting app right now that we think will really change the opportunity for agents and clients alike, you know, the the, the most important thing first is addressing the, the basic needs that we hear from our agents day to day. Yeah, definitely. One of the, it's, it's not something that a company can do just on their own. It is something that takes kind of that communal aspect. Uh, Our team leaders and the mentors that are part of our program, our mentorship program, play a really big part in keeping a lot of the agents focused and moving forward. Uh, Being set up as a company very flexible for teams has helped a lot with that. Yeah, but without our tech support funnel, there's no way to give instant support to agents you know, between 3,000 agents, you can have a a broker in each region or a team lead, but no one individual can be available all the time for everyone. So it's important to to funnel the support properly. And that's something we pride ourselves on. 
Yeah. I mean, it's all about scaling and building those systems so that you can scale as you grow. So, yeah. And Nathan, I want to talk to you about recruiting. You know, do you have a specific um, centralized recruiting? Do you handle recruiting? Does Jonathan handle recruiting? How how are you structuring um, the recruitment that you do? I was actually so excited. I took my first recruiting call in, I think, two and a half years yesterday, and I closed them. So I still got it. Uh, <laughs> but recruiting is, you know, there, there's no one secret to recruiting. Um, recruiting is exposure, and ex- exposure is very expensive. So getting back to when we started, it was all grit. It was me on the phone, and then it was me and Jonathan on the phone. Um, calling agents, d- direct email agents, getting out to networking events, um, but then, of course, we got into a position where the company, you know, found a certain level of success and we were able to sprinkle money um, on our grit and recruiting efforts. And so it's really there's really no one secret. Mm-hmm. There's there's targeted towards agents. There's general awareness. Um, but with, with, without a doubt, one of the one of the largest things is, you know, in every company, just like tech, every company now says culture, culture is important. But what does that really mean? And, you know, it's, it's not just the culture with the agents, it's the culture within your staff that creates a positive work environment. And that combined with our aging events and community outreach and everything that we do with our agents just really uh, leaves the majority of our agents with a, with a feel good feeling. And then they go out and do the recruiting for us. It's word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have so many agents that are excited about this company. When they go on a show and they look at another agent, of course, I won't name any other firms, but they're like, why in the world would you ever work with that firm? So um, I think, you know, Jeremy or Jonathan may be able to speak to this better, but I think that the, uh, I think 66% of our, right around that range of our recruiting right now is based on referrals from other agents. That's when great. you create a positive experience for one agent, it makes it an easy conversation whenever they're doing a transaction with someone else. Just, hey, here's what I'm experiencing. What are you seeing? What's yours like? Maybe you want to check this out. And it just happens without any really tough sell there. Um, when they have a good experience, they're easier. To, it's easier for them to share. Uh, do you incentivize your agents um, with recruiting? Go ahead, John. Okay. Yes, we do. Um, obviously, many companies do. Uh, and the way we do it is more of a long-term effect. So depending on the plan that the referred agent chooses when they come in, there is either a transactional benefit or a recurring monthly, uh, you know, recurring revenue for them for having somebody come in. And the idea is creating an opportunity for an agent that's with us to work down to not paying us anything, to operating their business for nothing, simply by creating a network effect and bringing other people in to share that positive experience with them. Yeah, it's about attraction. And I know a lot of people don't like the word recruiting. They, they you know, go to attracting, attracting talent. But I think it's a combination of both methods, honestly. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break to talk about the real trends gathering of eagles. Hi, real estate leaders. It's Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. And I wanted to take a moment to highlight uh, two upcoming events that we have running back to back. The first one is on June 26th. It's our Deal Makers Conference. And this is not just for real estate leaders who are interested in buying or selling a company. This really speaks to profitability and how to um, build a brokerage with value. 
We'll also talk about some trends in the merger and acquisition and brokerage valuation business. Um, Steve Murray is hosting the event, and we've got some great speakers for you. Immediately following that is our annual gathering of Eagles, which will run on June 27th through the 28th. This event is for real estate leaders, association executives, um, your entire C-suite, as well as team leaders. And we've got some some great speakers and topics where we're covering everything from mortgages entry into real estate to recruiting and evolving business models, highlighting some of the different business models that are, are your competitors today. We've also are looking into improving capture rates of core services, talking about managing relationships with top teams, and we've got more. In addition, Larry Kendall is our keynote speaker. And in addition to his keynote, he's doing a special ninja workshop. It's a limited um, audience, so it's first come, first serve. So we'd love to have you register for the Gathering of Eagles. Again, it's at the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs, June 26th through the 29th. The 26th is our Dealmakers Conference. It's a separate registration from the Gathering of Eagles. You can find out everything by going to Realtrends.com and clicking on the Events tab. Thanks so much and hope to see you there. And now back to the podcast. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. And obviously the real estate industry is evolving and, uh, and the market's evolving. So where do you see opportunity for brokerage leaders in the next year? And Nathan, I'll, I'll go to you for that one. Sure. Um, you know, I, I spent a little time thinking about this and, you know, there's, I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity by helping agents just get back to basics and how to take advantage of the cycles. We're entering one of these interesting phases where there's a lot of panic in the market about a potential slowdown, interest rates increasing, what's going on. And luckily, having worked in this industry for 20 years, I've already been through a few of these cycles. So I, it feels familiar. And with every cycle, comes opportunity if you're prepared for it. So I think for a brokerage leader, the biggest opportunity right now is making sure and taking advantage of the cycle and uh, and preparing your agents. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, compared to the great recession where agents were, you know, obviously we have a ton of agents now um, and we had a ton of agents entering the business then too. And it was easy, easy. I say that with uh, (laughs) with quotes, air quotes, um, to get a sale. This market's a lot different. It's, it's very difficult to close, um, with multiple offers and be competitive, you know, all the competition out there. And, but I also feel like it's probably helped agents, um, in the long run to understand how to do business and really prepare them for no matter what the market throws at them. What are your thoughts on that? It's interesting when you're in a seller's market like this, the buyer's agent side of things becomes a lot more complex trying to get an offer accepted when there's so much competition out there. So yes, in a way you're preparing agents on how they should be interacting in a normal market or even in a strong buyer's market uh, and, and the things that sellers are looking for. But at the same time, you're getting a lot of people that are coming into the industry as brand new agents and they're not seasoned enough to be able to navigate this. And honestly, regardless of the involvement that we can have with the agent, 
they're coming in and getting that awakening, that aha moment that real estate is not what you see on HGTV. Real estate is what you encounter day to day, trying to find conversations that build relationships and relationships that can actually lead somewhere that you can do something with. So it causes an agent to step back. You know, our, our values when it comes to how we treat our agents and what we how we look out for them comes down to three terms. It's profitability, opportunity, and advocacy. Um, we, we repeat that in our office all the time. And it's funny, as we sit here today, I'm working on metrics on how to increase profitability for our agents. Jonathan is in Washington, D.C. at NAR, advocating for our agents in our industry. And my tech team is working on our new app that next time we interview, hopefully we can announce and, and share all the details. But it's really going to create a unique opportunity for these uh, cyclical changes for our agents to earn income in non-traditional ways and while they're, while they're learning the business. So we really look out for the age of profitability. We want to create new opportunity and advocate for them. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of talk of preparing for housing slowdown or really a more normal market, not necessarily, I guess, a slowdown. But, you know, what are you seeing out there? Obviously, you're you're in Florida. That's been a hot market. Um, but you are also, you said Colorado, and I forgot the third state. I'm sorry. Okay. So what are, what are you seeing out there um, across the board? as far as uh, multiple offers and, and just what's going on? Yeah, sure. Um, so, of course, we've all seen and experienced a complete lack of inventory uh, over the last couple of years as demand surged and new housing starts were low and everything was down. But uh, we're seeing inventory pick up, uh, levels pick up a little bit. You know, the Denver market saw, I think, an 86% increase in, in Q1. Um, certain metro areas in Florida have seen similar increases, maybe 50, 60, 70%. Um, but the days on market don't seem to be changing too much, except for in certain pockets or areas of the market. Um, you know, all indicators to me personally seem to resemble the beginning of a cyclical change that we just discussed, but it doesn't feel like it's anything more than normal or healthy or something that's due at this point. Um, I know Jonathan has some information too on, on some of the outbidding or, you know, the lack of thereof. So Jonathan, if you want to chime in. Yeah, absolutely. So part, part of being at these NAR mid-year legislative meetings is the information overload that you get, Right. And just conversing with NAR's economist, Dr. Lawrence Yoon, talks about an, an average of 18 days on market across the nation and projecting that to increase a little bit to go to like 25. That's a very healthy day, uh, days on market for an average, you know, an average listing. So it's not a drastic change what we're going to see. Uh, what we have seen, you know, firsthand is a decrease in just the amount of outbidding that are being done on properties in some, some markets not the super high density major metropolitan areas, but more of the fringe neighborhoods that you you saw also pick up just like the major metropolitan areas. So it, it's just finding time for people who are homeowners currently to find where they're going next. And with the rising rates, the increased projection of where those rates will go, uh, some of them are gonna settle down and choose not to move, but they've been sitting on the sidelines waiting to be able to find that next home for them so they can list theirs. So there's a whole nother cycle that's coming out now. And you're seeing those inventory numbers jump because of that. You know, it's, if it's not one thing, it'll come from somewhere else. Yeah. And I think a lot of people outside of the industry don't quite understand the difference between 
um, inventory and, and houses for sale. I mean, for the Realtrends 500, the 22, uh, 2022 numbers, um, which are based on 2021 um, production, really shot, they saw a huge increase in transaction sites done. So there are homes out there for sale. They're just not lasting very long on the market, long enough to go into inventory. So um, it'll be interesting how that changes in the next year or so. And Jonathan, I want to keep with you. So, so are there any changes in the brokerage environment that maybe change the way you operate now or would cause you to add new services or change the way you're operating down the road? I wouldn't say that there is a particular singular change um, or a change in the environment that would cause us to change something directly. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's always important to stay pivot, you know, pivotable, uh, to stay maneuverable. Uh, and be aware of what's going on around you, public policies that change, what companies around you are doing, companies that are located nowhere close to you, what they're doing in different marketplaces, and even companies completely outside of the real estate industry, see what they're offering, see what they're creating. There's going to be an adaptation of something outside our industry that is applicable within our industry. Uh, There's some really great minds and innovators out there who may not be in our space at the current moment. Uh, We're only as good as what we know, and having a team in-house that continues to hunt and find and search other products and services that could be of use or efficiency to our agents allows us to keep evolving. Uh, evolving the expectation of, of what an agent or a consumer's experience must be is, is vital to a company's long-term success. You, ha- you have to stay maneuverable. Yeah, it's so smart to look to outside companies as well because there are a lot of great ideas out there. So, so Yeah. Um, and finally, Nathan, my last question is what's next for your brokerage? New states, um, you know, growth. Tell me what's next. Um, yeah, okay. You know, we're going to announce a couple of new states that we're opening um, in this quarter, actually. So we're really excited to make a splash and entrench ourselves in those markets. Um, expansion is always good, and we're, we're reinvesting a lot of our profits from last year and, and our continued growth. Um, we're proud of what we've been able to accomplish considering, you know, like I mentioned before, we've never taken on any venture capital investors or any debt at a time where, you know, we've literally seen billions of dollars flow into our industry. Um, and we know a lot of our competitors have raised money, whether it's via IPO or, or venture capital or private equity. So we're keeping a, a real close eye on what competitive advantage that actually gives them um, without rushing into anything. Um, but that said, you know, considering we have, you know, we did f- over $4 billion last year and with around 3,000 agents, uh, we're, we're really proud that we're 100% prepared to pivot or go in whichever direction uh, we decide. So while we're working on those two states, what's next for us uh, is, is anyone's guess at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, congratulations on all of your success and your growth. Um, You know, we really appreciate you coming on the Real Trending Podcast. Thank you, Tracy. And tell Steve I say hello. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.